Hello and welcome back to the Innovative Teaching Podcast. Uh, my goal for this podcast is to get you thinking outside the box, share ideas, and then for those of you new to the show, I'm on a sabbatical research project this year. So another goal is just to share what I'm learning. And this week was a little chaotic as in I felt like I was all over the place because I was trying to accomplish several different things. So I will share what I did and then just share some new teaching strategies or ideas that you might be able to incorporate into your teaching. So a follow-up of last week's podcast, I did continue to use presearch.org. So I shared that I did not like the results I kept getting from all the typical search engines. So I started looking for a different option and I'm using the presearch.org. I'm liking it because I can pretty much go to it and get different ideas. An example, I was trying to look for characteristics of uh, typical roles of characters in stories. And one of the results I got off of the main search engines had to do with COVID. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm looking at character design. I'm not sure why COVID results were coming up in my character design. So when I went to presearch.org, uh, it was a first or second return exactly what I was looking for and I got the information I needed. So that's just an example. I, I feel like presearch.org too, there's not as much, I'll say garbage, okay? There's not as much unrelated searches coming in. It's like I may not get as many search results, but I'm getting uh, results geared toward what I'm actually looking for. Now, I'm working on a particular project and looking for certain information, so it may just be the content that I'm looking for. So give it a try. It's presearch.org. Just try it out and see what you, what you think and how it works with what you're doing. The other thing I did this week was the Social Behavioral Educational Research Compliance Training. I need to be able to have that in order to conduct research at our college so mine needed updated, it had expired. It took me a whole entire day. When I say a whole entire day, I, I'm getting kids ready for school and then I work on it while they're at school. So I have a good like seven hours to work on it. But it took me all day to do that. I, it seems like the training got longer. I don't know if it got longer or I, I don't know. But anyways, it, it took me a whole day to complete that. So I was a little disappointed. I wanted to dig into some other things and I couldn't, but the good thing is the training is done. I had all kinds of thoughts and questions going through my head because when you look at the current environment and what's going on around the world with, uh, you know, different topics, I'm looking at, you know, the research training that I'm getting and it's just all types of questions coming to mind and you're really wanting to know more about what's going on in the world and what was the process. And so anyway, it was kind of interesting and got me thinking. So then the other thing I wanted to share with you is I, there's a group Tiagi, T-H-I-A-G-I, Tiagi, Tiagi, I guess, T-H-I-A-G-I, and I subscribe to his game letter, game newsletter. And in that newsletter, this week's activity for, so it's the newsletter for September, uh, he talked about micro learning activities and I, I took a training through this group once on micro learning activities. It was actually very good. I was focused on job aids and how I could use job aids with teachers. 
I got exactly what I needed, the information. And in the newsletter this week, they, he shares 18 ideas of how to do micro learning activities. So a lot of instructors or teachers maybe do maybe doing micro learning, but a lot of the micro learning are short lectures and not necessarily activities. So this newsletter shares 18 ideas that you could actually use for micro learning activities with your students. I picked out three to share with you just to give you an idea what's in the, the game newsletter and then you can go seek it out if you'd like to know more. But the one was uh, become paranoid. And I like this one because you're to put yourself into the position of where what you're learning, like if that content backfires, you know, maybe you're learning a, a technique and if you don't follow the instructions correctly, what could possibly go wrong? And the suggestion was list, make a list of precautions. So as they students learn the content and if they uh, become paranoid, like you're paranoid about, oh, what if it goes wrong? Make a list of precautions of things that might go wrong or things to look for. So the students would make that list and then share it. And this would be great for online learning. So if you're teaching in that live online or online environment, it's kind of like the top 10 uh, type list, but it's great to, to have students make that list so you know they're paying attention. It's also a perfect opportunity to put them into breakout rooms and then they can work as a group and make that list. Another one was shrink the idea. This would work the same way for teaching online, put them in breakout groups but shrink the idea is you have them create either like a headline or a slogan based on the information that they learn. So it's something that's short, quick, that they're going to share out with the group, but it shows that they've uh, processed and understood the information. And then the last one I'm going to share with you, because if you want to know the other 15 ideas, you're going to have to go check out the newsletter. But the other one is uh, the job aid. Like I said, I took this training originally for the purpose of job aids. And even with training teachers or working with teachers, I find that creating checklists, I mean, you look around the world and one of the most common things that works in across many, many fields are checklists. So anytime you can create a checklist and then provide links if they need to know more information or reference resources, then uh, you can add those into the checklist. But those are several ideas. And like I said, if you want to know more about micro learning activities, go check out the newsletter. And once again, that is the uh, Tiagi, T-H-I-A-G-I. So you can check them out online. The other thing I did was complete. So this has to do with my actual research project, my sabbatical project. I finished up the LinkedIn, learning course that I was taking on artificial intelligence. And my big takeaway on that, there's a lot of information. I learned a lot of tidbits and I'm able to think through what it means and do I really want to pull that into my character interactions, which I'm not sure about because I've not played with the technology behind it. But one thing that makes me question whether I really want to do it or not what makes the artificial intelligence successful is you've got to have a ton of data feeding into your system. So if you don't have a lot of data, 
that the system is accessing and reading because it's it's looking for patterns and it's making predictions on patterns in the data so you've got to have a lot of data and to me um they quoted somewhere in the course that data by itself is not good or not valuable data itself is not valuable it's the insights you get from the data that's valuable so if you don't have to me you need pretty clean data in order to get those valuable insights so I'm not sure what type of data I would have access to. I, I know we collect some data, but as far as what I want my character to interact with students, I'm not sure there's data there that I can use currently. You know, that's something that would have to be explored. What, what type of data do I really need? Uh, can I actually get that much data? What's the system that has to run behind to process all that and make the predictions and to be able to interact with or to enable the character to interact with the student so that's something i'm exploring St i still need to learn more right so i haven't even looked looked at the tools they shared tools and there's definitely some tools that could work but once again is the data there to make it work uh the other thing i spent a lot of time on this week was i'd already started looking out mapping the college student journey there's some information out there there's not a real good here's what you need because most of the people that have mapped mapped out the college student journey they're looking at the recruiting so they're looking at the front end of the college student journey so they look at from that initial contact all the way until they're enrolled as a student I, i'm not focusing my energy on that I want to focus my energy on the college student journey after the first day and they walk through the door. So I really want to look at a community college. We have them two years, some of them a little bit longer, but the goal is two years. So it's like, what's the journey look like when they're there? And of course, part of the journey is too those that don't make it all the way through or those that take longer. What's that journey look like? And then with that journey comes the touch points. So I want my virtual character to interact with students at those important touch points throughout that college journey. And that gets a little bit more uh, complicated. I know there's colleges, universities that have put a lot of energy into touch points. Once again, I think it's more on the front end, not why they're there or, why, or after they've exited. But I couldn't find colleges and universities that put that information out there for anybody to see because it's um, I've reached out to a couple people to see if they have access or know of anyone that has one that might share but it takes a lot of work and a lot of thinking now along with that mapping it out I started out with canva.com so it's the graphic software uh, that you can access online and I started mapping it out and it's a pretty graphic, but I, I, I got to the point where I can't put in all the information I wanna put in. So I ended up back into a Google doc that I created about two years ago where I was mapping the adjunct faculty journey or just the faculty journey. I was doing a little bit of both. I was focusing on adjuncts, but I was curious about the whole faculty journey and it's way way more helpful because i'm able to put 
you know, what's, what's the stage or the step? What's the desired outcome for that area? So when I'm looking at those touch points with students, what would be the outcome? And then I have a column for character interactions in the backstory that will also be pulled into that particular interaction. I'm looking at the student pain point and why is a touch point needed? And then I throw into mine, I don't know if anyone else does this. I get this from, oh, I can't recall his name. It's uh, a gentleman that does, he's typically at the training conference that they hold in Florida. I'm sorry, I can't remember your name. But he looks at the, the magic behind training or, you know, he pulls in, because he used to work at Disney at one point. So he pulls in that Disney magic. And what I have in my document is magical moments. So I'm not only looking at touch points, I'm looking at for, are there opportunities for a magical moment? Like something that students don't expect or that extra touch that makes it special for students. So I have a magical moment column in my document. And then after that, so I have that in a table format where I can list all that and I have plenty enough room to type out all my ideas, my text, where the graphic I'd created was more of like a infographic and it was kind of short and sweet. But below that I have another uh, table which touch point activities. So this is where I start listing out the actual touch point activities that I think should happen for this stage, whatever it is or step. The description and resources, so a description of the activity and how it should happen and then the resources needed to make it happen and then any opportunities to leverage. So is there anything about a particular situation where there's opportunities to leverage? And I'm just starting that, I just kind of got it all cleaned up and laid out. I will share that at a later stage once I have some data and information in it so you have something to look at. Right now it's just an empty table because I spent so much time on the the Canva graphic and then bailed on it because it wasn't working for me. And then finally, last and least, I, uh, if you listen to the podcast at the beginning of this season, I was doing learning how to play the guitar to break up sitting at the computer doing research. And I did manage to get in, it was either two or three practice sessions this week on the guitar for those of you that play the guitar, wow, that is a huge learning curve. <laughs> I've played musical instruments way back in my uh, school years, so elementary and high school. So I can read music, I understand music, but trying to figure out the guitar and the strings and yeah. Anyways, I'm having fun with it. I, I, I can't say I can play anything that you would recognize at this point. But it does, it's a nice little break just to break it up and get my brain uh, thinking in a different way. And then I love to be creative. So once again, it's a way creating music. So I have fun with it. That is it as far as what I worked on this week. And like I said, I hope you all had a nice weekend since most of you probably will not listen to this till Monday or Tuesday. And uh, Feel free to share like any feedback or ideas. I need to get, I'm trying to get my webpage up and going. I need to get like a social media account. I think for the most part I do LinkedIn. So if you go to linkedin.com, Jeanette Schaefer, you can find, I'm putting some posts there and sharing uh, images. 
So you can always visit that and give me some feedback or start a conversation. If you're doing something similar or would like to network, that's a great place to touch base with me. Uh, a lot of the other social media, I'm not trusting it right now. So I'm just not doing most of it. Uh, and plus with, this is more work focused anyways. So I feel like LinkedIn puts me more with my people as far as uh, people doing similar projects and research and the higher education world. So I, I know a lot of people use Instagram or Twitter or Twitter I like for conferences. I, I, I don't, I just can't keep up with them all. So LinkedIn's the one I'm focusing on right now to kind of share out bits and pieces of what I'm doing. Well, thank you very much for listening. And if there's some topics you'd like me to dig into or share out, then please, once again, go to LinkedIn, share some ideas, and we'll get that information out to you. All right, you guys have an awesome week. I know the semester's just began for most of you, and I hear it is challenging. Since I'm not actually on campus right now, I'm, I'm working from home most of the time, but it sounds like it's, it's challenging, so hang in there and definitely support one another, support your students. You know, it's not exactly their environment where they learn the best either, or, you know, there's things that they're worried about. So just hang in there, support one another, and have an awesome week, and I'll see you next week. Thank you, bye.